Good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, and welcome to the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talk of Sports, sponsored by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. Tell me right now, you, you know him, you've been around, you've seen previous Folks Talk of Sports shows. That's James Mueller, sports editor of the Daily Cougar, the school paper of my alma mater. James, how you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Andy Inez and Willie Gibson should be joining us shortly. We're going to get into, we're going to talk about U of H's loss last night. There's Andy right there. I won't put him up on screen just yet because he seems to be chewing some food as I call him out on blast. But, uh, <laughs> but it's all family here. That's what, that's what we do. Especially me as an old head talking about the youngsters. So that's all right. Andy, are you ready, sir? Sorry. I am ready, Chris. Um, let me fix my camera. There you go. All right. There you go. And uh, kind of you guys to retweet the show on the Folks Talking Sports Twitter account. Let everybody know we are live and ready to talk Cougs and SMU from last night and a whole bunch of other stuff. Andy, did you have a chance to have you seen the, sh the shade tossed to James Harden on Inside the NBA tonight? I have not, but I can imagine. Oh, my goodness. Shaq, you okay. can't. Kenny, all of them. I'm sure they're they're going they're going in on James Harden. I I did see that Kevin Durant picked him, did not pick him up, and he went last once again in all sorts of action. Huh? Yes, that was classic. It just it was great to see. And, and I am not. Let me be clear. You know, I'm not a fan. wasn't a fan when he played for the Rockets. I covered him. Okay, so I'm not a fan. So don't even expect me to have that kind of mentality. But I'm I thoroughly enjoyed seeing James Harden get picked last. For the All Stars today, I the clip and the last two picks was down to Rudy Gobert and James Harden and Kevin Durant. KD, he tried to rationalize it. Well, I do need some size, so I mean, I got to go against got to go against Giannis and, and, and LeBron. They're having great seasons this year. He, he was so deadpan about this, so dead serious. See, I'm gonna pick Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so. Which just goes to show today's trade, if folks who don't know, one of numerous trades made today, James Harden was dealt from Brooklyn to Philly in a deal involving Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks going from Philly to Brooklyn. What were your thoughts on that, on the deal? And then I'm going to just throw some rocks at the people in Philly. But go ahead. <laughs> James, you can go first. James, what are your thoughts on the trade? Wait. Seems you got technical issues there. Uh oh. No. Well, it, well, James tries to figure it out. Um, I okay. guess I'll go. Um, whew. Let me localize it first. Start with the Houston Rockets with their picks. With the, I think it's interesting for the Brooklyn Nets. To be honest, I think. God, I, I don't know if I'll be in this. I'll be the lone wolf on this take, but I feel like. Brooklyn improved with the trade. Uh, obviously, the biggest X factor is going to be Ben Simmons. He hasn't played all season. We don't know exactly where he was. Um, the last image that anybody had of him uh, was last postseason, which was not a good image. Um, it looked like just mentally he was not in the in the right mindset to be able to to help Philadelphia in the postseason. But 
Um, put that aside for uh, which is a big if, but put that aside. I think look at what Brooklyn overall gained. I think Ben Simmons, the way he plays, will be able to play very well with Kevin Durant, especially when it comes to creating for Kevin Durant. Now I know Kevin Durant doesn't necessarily need a, a you know a top tier point guard to be able to create shots for himself. He can literally just rise up and shoot over everyone whenever he wants to. But look at some of the other assets that Brooklyn is getting. They also added Seth Curry, which Obviously, he's going to be a good uh, option, a good role player to have on any team that provide that shooting, which I think it'll be interesting fit to have Seth Curry, Patty Mills, uh, wings like that. And we're not even factoring Kyrie Irving, who <laughs> after the reports, there's been a lot of reports in there. Some are saying that Kyrie Irving couldn't wait for James Harden to, to get traded. I think the Athletic reported uh, something along those lines. Uh, wouldn't it be something if now all of a sudden Kyrie Irving got vaccinated? Um after Harding got traded, that's, that's me speculating. But uh, then you look from the Philly perspective, obviously now uh, James Harden reuniting with Daryl Morey. I think certainly it's going to be uh, on paper, and this is a big what if. It looks good on paper, Harden and, and Embiid, uh, that matchup. Um, Freeze, Harden. right there. Right there, Matt, right there. Hold it. Hold okay, it. Go I was going to say, gonna say that on paper, that 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 could be a, a, a elite matchup. Now, this is my personal opinion, Chris. You'll you'll take it. I don't think Harden is at a point anymore where he can be that elite player that can help carry Philadelphia over Milwaukee. Uh, heck, honestly, over even Miami and and other Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland's on elite um, team, but yeah, go ahead and finish your thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I'll say that I, I I feel like Brooklyn improved, and that's my take. I'm curious to see if I'm I'm alone, if I'm the lone wolf on that choice. Okay, James, what are your thoughts? We got you back in. Technical difficulty. What are your thoughts on the who got the uh, bit of the Philly Brooklyn trade? Yeah. Um... I didn't hear all of what Andy said. I think I agree with him, though, that last part where he said Brooklyn improved. I think they certainly got some nice pieces, and you could see they were really struggling in this recent stretch. Um, I think Brooklyn wins overall just because uh, with Philly, you don't know um, exactly. They're, they're taking a big risk. Harden, you know, is a great player. Um can bring a lot more than anyone they've had um, before, but his uh, he's only got, if I'm correct, he'd have one more year after that uh, on his contract. Um, Which he, he has, or he will opt in on the player options. He's going to do that. Yeah. Shocking there. Oh, my god! It's gosh. good for James Harden because they, no one's going to pay him. <laughs> no, and, and I, I'm like Charles Barkley. I, I'm pretty sure that hamstring that's been bothering him will heal miraculously. Mm -hmm. he's Getting ready to go to Philly with his enablers. Oh, I'm sorry, his handlers. No, I mean his enablers once again, Daryl Morey and Tad Brown, people who gave him the red carpet here in Houston. Whatever you want, James. Is that enough for you, James? You sure you want you have issue, Mr. Gibson? What are your thoughts on the trade, sir? I'm getting hot. I'm gonna be fired up tonight. Just let y'all know. Is uh, before I say Brooklyn won the trade, is Steve Nash still the coach in Brooklyn? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, uh, it looks like he is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, first of all, we don't know, <laughs> and I don't make light of this, we don't know when Ben Simmons is coming. So, Correct. Right, That's fair. Yes. So right now, you have no KD, you have part-time Kyrie, 
And half, half man, half a season. As Charles yeah, said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's like uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I got to. Can I give it an incomplete? Can I give it an incomplete? Yes, yes, you can. That that's fair too. Because yeah. your point about Ben Simmons is legit. Because we're not sure when he's going to show up in Brooklyn and if his mental issues are resolved. But initially, initial reports are he has spoken to KD and they are eager to team up on the floor. So that's a positive. Brooklyn is not going to rush him back. But first, that's right off the top. It's come out these last few days and I think the NBA all-star draft on TNT tonight validated it. The Nets teammates wanted him gone. Wanted James Harden gone. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay, they wanted him gone. KD yep. wanted Harden gone. So yep. once again, James Harden has burned another bridge like he did with the Rockets to bail on another team. So he's now Joel Embiid's problem. Big fella, good luck to you in Philly. Good luck to Tyrese Maxey. Good luck to Matisse Thybulle. Good luck to Doc Rivers, because if Daryl Morey and Tad Brown are continuing to enable an older, miles on his body, James Harden, and if Harden, for some reason, forgets his place on the team and thinks he's he's now the man of Philly, it's going to be a problem. Joel Embiid needs to sit down, James Harden, needs to sit down, Daryl Morey, Sit down, Tad Brown. Sit down, the owner, and make sure everybody's clear. This is my team. It's not James Harden's team. I'm the man here. If y'all have a problem with it, then we're going to have a problem with it. But we know. Will, you've done it before on previous shows. James Harden, Dwight Howard didn't work. Chris Paul didn't work. Russ didn't work. KD Kyrie didn't work. Who was the common thread? Amongst all those all-star players. James Harden. James Harden. Thank you. Yet, one general manager seems to continue this bromance that he <laughs> wants to, and he brings him in despite the miles on that body of James Harden. And it's like, hey, I'm going to make it work. I can't, nobody else can make it work but me because of my relationship with James Harden. Okay. Good luck to you, Mr. Morey, Mr. Brown, but definitely good luck to Joel Embiid. And y'all saw his, his initial tweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to start already with Joel Embiid because it's his team. But if James Harden t- tries to pretend and, and act like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an MVP. I've done all this, that, and the other. I've, you know, when I was with the Rockets, I carried them, blah, 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 blah. Wait. I'm Joel Embiid. You're James Harden. Me, you have the same number of rings. Zero. I'm the man. I'm the present. You're the past. That's what needs to happen. And as soon as James accepts that fact, if he ever does, because he has not shown any recent history that he will. So that alone will is why I'm saying Brooklyn won. They got rid of a guy who didn't want to be there. Ben Simmons. Didn't Joel Embiid say up until what, yesterday? He's good with the team he has right now. He's good with his teammates. He thinks they can make it work because he's playing so well. He he thinks... they could have made it work without Ben Simmons. Daryl Morris said, oh, well, whatever, Joel. <laughs> I'm going to get James anyway. 
But Will, did you see the shade? Andy, did you see the shade? <laughs> oh my god! I, I wish it. I could have brought up the clips, man. But to see KD yep. between Rudy Gobert and James Harden for that last pick on this team, yep. And KD say, "Well, I gotta go with size. I gotta go with size, man. I need some size <laughs> on the team, man. So I gotta go against you. Know, I gotta defend Giannis and, and LeBron. So." Yeah, I'm gonna pick Rudy Gobert and LeBron's expression <laughs> putting up the cover his face. <laughs> oh, Chuck was giving him the business. <laughs> oh man, oh that was fantastic. That is gold. That's Emmy award winning. Whatever the awards TNT, awesome. Just fantastic. But all of that was just great TV. Let's talk about the Rockets trade, uh, kind of, because of the impact that it has on a. Houston Cougar, mm-hmm. Armani Brooks, the Rockets traded Daniel Tice to Boston for Dennis Schroeder, Ennis Freedom, and Bruno Fernando in that three-for-one deal. It's not been, at least in the last few minutes, has not been announced, but it's going to, you know, it's, it's happened. The deal has happened. And because of that trade, the Rockets, according to Jonathan Fagan, have, will waive Armani Brooks and DJ Augustine. So my rationale for the trade is basically to get rid of Ben Tice's contract. Because mm-hmm. he had four years left on it, three more years after this season, and now me and Per and Rockies want to pay him that. So they found a taker. Mm-hmm. So Tyson go to Boston, go back to where he had some of his best moments. What are your what are your thoughts on the trade? And to you first. Oh, uh, like you mentioned, it, it the reason the Rockets did the trade was to get rid of uh, Tyson's contract, which <clears throat> honestly, it, it should come back on the front office. Um, even when they first announced the signing of Daniel Tyson, it was a, it was a questionable signing just in terms the length of the contract. Uh, it didn't necessarily look like um, it would be a, uh, it was a weird fit from the start with Daniel Tyson. Um, and certainly from a fan perspective, there weren't a lot of people that, that were in support of it. Really, if, if you ask a lot of fans out there, certainly on Twitter, they would have preferred the Rockets to have uh, re-signed Kelly Olynyk, uh with uh, the brief success that they had with uh, him and Wood last season. Um, it's Dennis Schroeder. Does Dennis Schroeder's contract, it's an expiring deal, correct? After the season, he'll be off the books? Correct. Mm-hmm. So that in that sense, that, that makes a lot more sense for the Rockets uh, waving and his freedom. Uh, is interesting as well because uh, Daniel Tice has fallen out of the rotation, so you didn't really need another big man. Uh, there was some questions when the trade was first announced uh, before Wood said that they were likely going you know, to move uh, Freedom, and, and there was another player that they also got in a deal, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Yep, Bruno um, Fernando. There you go, Bruno Fernando, who he was saying that there was a possibility one or both of them would get cut, and now DJ Augustine and Armani Brooks, which mm-hmm. – we mentioned it when uh, it was first announced that Armani Brooks got the contract. I believe it was like a four-year deal, but there was only a, a, a real brief uh, amount that was actually guaranteed. And right. uh, I believe it was you, Chris, that brought it up that you know maybe it was a contract that it, it probably won't mean that Armani Brooks has a long future with the Rockets. Now, albeit he made it to the to a little over the halfway point of the season towards the, the trade deadline just under the All-Star break, but like you guys mentioned, it, it always seemed like that was Armani Brooks. Uh, I anticipate with the Rockets. Will, 
let's shift gears. I want to get the young guys' thoughts on this as well. But it seems to be the trend in vogue right now for conferences, college conferences, to punish the student assets. Yes, I said student assets, not student athletes. The student assets for the work of the, the school president. The Horizon League banned the team from championships. UIC. UIC's president announced they were moving from the Horizon League to the Missouri Valley. Horizon League said, well, the bylaw states you must give us a year notice. The America East banned Stony Brook because they left to go to another conference. They can't participate in the conference championships. Will. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, the bylaws say, you know, blah, blah, blah. You must give 12 month notice. Sure. But the conferences are taking it out on the players, not the administrators. Why not do something with the administration rather than the players? Your thoughts? Give you a big screen, sir. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I mean, there's some type of, you know, double the exit fee, you know, whatever that, you know, is. I'm not sure what it is with the horizon or, uh, America East, but yeah, to, to take it out on, on the, on the, the youngsters, the, the, the student, <laughs> the student athletes, um, is, is wrong. I mean, yeah, bylaws are state this, but punish those who created the bylaw, which I'm quite sure the administration had a hand in that. So, and they knew what the bylaws were, and yet they still chose to deliberately and intentionally violate the bylaw so punish that facet versus punishing the students because the athletes they i mean those students still put in the same 20 hours a week of work and they deserve to uh to see the fruits of their labors uh the fruits of their labor um it's it's wrong uh there's no other way for me to say it um it's wrong james you got the big screen solo what are, you, what are your thoughts on it yeah i 100 percent agree um the students had no say in this it's not of their doing um it's their administration who has made the decision you know to move on to a different conference um and but the, the student shouldn't have to be stripped of the right to you know compete in some of these big things like the conference tournaments because that's what they come in and put all the work in for so it's completely unfair um and it kind of made me think about um when uh announced to the big 12 the american basically stripped houston the right from um hosting the i can't remember if it was 2022 2023 track and field championships uh conference championships um but at least like i know uh like people within the Houston track and field program, like Leroy Burrell, were really upset with it, but at least it wasn't hurting the athletes. Like they couldn't participate in the championships at all. Um, so I feel like there had to be another alternative rather than just saying, you know, guys, you're not allowed to play in these tournaments because it's completely unfair to these students. Agreed. And the statement from the Horizon League, you know, references the bylaws and all those things, but they say, oh, well, the school still has a chance. UIC still has a chance at an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that 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 happens a lot from a team from the Horizon League getting an, earning an at-large bid 
men's, men's basketball tournament. Sure. Okay. And the same thing with America East, Stony Brook. Yeah. They have a chance for the at-large bid. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's poor salt in the wound. You know, go ahead. Continue being closed-minded in all those things. Now let's talk. Because <clears throat> we're going to talk U of H, SMU. I think, you know, the, the sun came out today. The earth did not rotate off all of, of its axis after last night's loss. You know, nothing. The UH basketball dropped a whole one spot in the net from two to three. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's all over. The world is over. You know, we'll talk about that in, in a few moments. But ESPN talked about life after Oklahoma and Texas for the Big 12. Coach Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, is really believing that he believes his team and program can help fill the gap. It's not a, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are national brands. We all know that. All four of us know that. People watching the show know that. But the tenet of the article is Oklahoma State, the new schools, UH, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, must invest in the programs to help the Big 12 potentially be better as a conference than it is now. James, you first. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, first of all, I thought Mike Gundy uh, in the article, he mentioned how he believed Oklahoma State's program could get to that Clemson level where Clemson was good, 10 wins for years, but couldn't get over that hump. And then they made six straight college football playoffs. Um, and he believes his program's in the same boat. I don't necessarily know. I, Oklahoma State, he's done a good job there and they've had a solid program. They had a shot at making it uh, this year um, into the playoffs if they could have gotten one yard um, in the Big 12 championship game. But I don't, I don't necessarily agree that they're going to be the next Clemson and just have a streak of uh, a bunch of college football playoff appearances. But I do think um, the point about, you know, the, these new universities, um, they talked about, you know, the large fan base BYU has uh, Houston and just needing to upgrade facilities and stuff um, just to invest in that, to make the big 12 still work. Um, and I do think there can be success because like they mentioned at the beginning of the article, I think, you know, this year's Big 12 championship game in football was neither Texas or Oklahoma. And everyone was like, and they said, like, you know, the common assumption would be no one came, would come, but they had like 70,000 people. So, I mean, I think that they do have, um, there's solid reasons for optimism um, within the conference. Andy, I'm going to, have you had a chance to read the article? I did. I was able to skip through it uh, literally right now before I went to the, before we went on air. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on what Chris Pesman, AD uh, for University of Houston, oh, I guess the official title, Vice President of Athletics, Chris Pesman. What are your thoughts on, on what he said? I did not and, get to that part. Okay, no problem, my man. Cause, but actually, that's, uh, that's, let me pull it up. Because I, I got it right here. Um, quoting from Pesman, we're using the energy that's been created around the conference alignment to lean into our supporters about what we need to look like. People that were waiting on the sideline are absolutely engaged. It has opened up lines of communication, particularly on the corporate side. Pesman said Houston's contracts for naming rights, multimedia rights, and other areas all contain openers 
for renegotiation if the school changed conferences. Another quote from Pesman. As much as we're chasing donors or corporate money, we're also having very significant, significant conversations with our partners about, okay, when we make this transition, what does our relationship look like? This isn't rest on your laurels time and everybody high five. Really, this is the time you double down on your efforts. The hill was steep and now it just got steeper because of what we'll be competing against, end quote. Thoughts on that, Andy? You got solo screen because bring everybody back because then I'm going to go off on my fellow alums. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm curious to see what are all these supporters he's talking about because especially when it comes to football games, we haven't seen them. They don't come out, especially this past season. They The UH football team had their best uh, season in the last few years, honestly, arguably probably the best season they have since the 2014-15 era that those teams, uh, the stands were still half empty and there were no COVID restrictions in terms of seating capacity this year, even transitioning to the men's team where once again, and we, Chris, I, I told you this in the past, with the way the TV cameras are are put out at Fertitta Center, it's showing the club level seats and those seats are always empty. And I'd imagine that those seats are the ones that are the donors that he's referencing are the ones that he takes advantage of. And, uh, well, they, they haven't shown their support. Uh, maybe they're all in that uh, club section they have at the very back of the Fertitta Center enjoying their free food and, and TV screens. Maybe. I know I've seen Renu Couture there sometimes, but she makes sure she comes out to sits courtside. I I've never been there during the game, but I highly doubt that they're all standing behind in that room. Um, so I'm curious to see how many of these supporters Chris Pesman can, can talk to. And it's interesting for, for and Chris, I, I, I hope I'm not stating too much with Thunder, but for a school that really has a lot of, at least it tries to portray itself, you know, like one of their favorite brandings, a powerhouse or a powerhouse. Now that they're finally going to be joining a Power 5 conference, it lacks that support, and it lacks it with uh, certainly the men's basketball program that is literally they're coming off the Final Four. He was at the Final Four in that game against Virginia. There was criticism from uh, national audience members that don't watch U of H. They've never been to Fertitta Center that they thought the stadium was empty because literally the club section, they, that's what they're seeing on TV. It looks like the stadium was half empty. Um so they, they do need to step up, especially when you look at the Big 12. I mean, even look at SMU, uh, that last game when the, the men's team lost. Like, once they got into crunch time, it was loud. It was deafening. You can go back to Alabama. Like, that is a full house. Uh, and I'm talking about basketball, men's basketball. Right. That was a full house where Houston's coming in is going to be a battle of two top 20 teams. The atmosphere was crazy from the get-go. Even UCF uh, a few games back. Houston doesn't have that type of atmosphere, and, and obviously that's always been a criticism, and really, even into the professional team, that struggles to have that atmosphere, so they're really going to have to lean in on those donors, those supporters from that, that have been supporters for forever, uh, supporters that need to start physically showing up, because the last thing you want, you go to the Big 12, imagine you have a game against Baylor, a game against Texas State, again, uh, not Texas State, against Texas Christian, a game against Texas Tech, and the last thing that Houston wants is for the stadium to be half uh, opposing fans. That's going to leave a terrible image, and it's certainly 
not going to be something that the other Big 12 conferences are going to want in terms of, yep, this is why we added Houston, so we could have, uh, well, half the stands empty. Bravo, Mr. Yanez. Bravo. Willie Gibson, I am proud that the future of folks talking sports is in great hands because young fella brought it right there with fact. I really hope some people on Twitter, U of H fans, chime in with comments because no comments on YouTube right now about what you said, but Andy's spot on. He's spot on. James, you're young. You're there. You see it right now on campus. All this talk about all this money, the corporations coming in. That's, okay, that's good. And he's right on point. The design for Fatita Center, the cameras pointing to the gray seats, the empty seats where the suits, they, they bought them up. Okay, good for you. I'm glad you bought those seats. I'm glad you did. But if you're not going to sit your behind in them, then donate them to somebody who will. Because it's, it's a bad look for the, for the school, for the team. That's the projection of the program on national television. You know, I, I, don't, I don't care. Okay, well, they spent the money. Good. I'm glad you did. But don't spend time in the back eating and drinking, networking, when the game's going on and all the ca- with the cameras focused on the empty seats rather than having the cameras focused on the student section that is full. U of H, they're poor designing. You know, I'll put it out there. When Fertitta Center was designed, the initial designs, there was not a media workroom. Say that again. There was not a media workroom. So that kind of gives you an indication of the thought process regarding media, period. Uh. <clears throat> Yet you were talking about being a powerhouse program, we're talking about being in a big time program, wanting to be one of the big boys, one of the big girls. We can't do basic things right. And notice what I said there. We. I'm an alum. So don't act like Chris. You know what you're talking about. The hell you say. I'm a graduate of the University of Houston. I was there all four years, four and a half years. Went there, some school to catch up. So I know what I'm talking about. And I've covered the program, basketball-wise, going on 30 years. And I've seen some dark, dark, dark days of basketball. Okay, so the fan support, the student section, fantastic. Fantastic. Got so much better since I was going to the games. When, when it was me and my three friends, we were the student section. Okay? Sitting behind the opposing team's bench, we were the hecklers. All four of us. One more time. All four of us. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm glad that part has gotten better. But for the cameras to be focused on the empty gray seats? Come on, Chris Pesman. Rena Couture. We can't turn the cameras around, talk to ESPN and TV folks to do something better about that? Memphis on Saturday, ABC, 2.30 Central Time. It's going to be the same thing. Cameras pointing to the empty seats because either they're not there, which is really bad, or they're sitting in the back talking and eating and drinking, which is just as bad because your butt's not in the seats. Will? I'm hot today. What are your thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, that's my that's my question. Now, who is that? A SID question or the, the AD or ESPN or ABC? Why are cameras pointing at empty seats? I mean, you, you think of Duke, you think the camera crazy. You yeah. see the kids. 
I mean, you go to Ohio State, it's the ozone. And they, the kids are the... I, I don't understand. Why would they not be focused on the student section at a college basketball game? And, and why hasn't it changed by now? Okay, is it because the logistics make it so that it can't be changed? After, what is this, the third or fourth year of Petita? After the first season, we, we saw this as a problem. It was an issue. Y'all haven't fixed it. Y'all haven't turned the cameras, put it on the other side, <laughs> and focus on the, the full sections? Yeah, I, that's... I, I don't know. Yes, this, this, okay, comments right here, and this, I'll put up both of them. The camera nest is on the wrong side, and this is the kicker. It can't be changed. Wow. Which, again, goes to further prove the thought process when they designed it. They didn't even think about it. And I'm not going to name names. Okay, but trust me when I say this. The athletes and the staff, they know about this. They see those empty gray seats that may not get filled until halftime, if at all. That doesn't help the atmosphere. Wow. Okay, my man Derek, because he's, he, I don't want him to get all in his business, but he knows about this kind of stuff. So it would take major reconstruction. Okay, get it done. Get that stuff done. I don't care how long it takes. It takes the off season. Get it done. James, I've been, I've been cutting you off all the time. And I'm sorry. I apologize. You got it. <laughs> You're good. I was just going to say, like, going back to the original design, like, I don't know how someone didn't think of, why don't we want to showcase our students? Like, Will brought up with, you know, the Cameron Crazies. You look at Kansas. You look all, all across the country. They're showcasing their student section. And you can see them going crazy the whole game. And UH has had a good student section at basketball games. Why would you not think that that's who you're wanting to showcase originally? Because you're trying to draw more people into the university, and those are the people that actually show up and have passion compared to, like you said, you've all mentioned it. I I don't I've been covering UH basketball. This is now my third year. I, um, I don't think I've seen that uh, club section filled once completely. And, th and that's the point right there. And, and it's also, no, I was going to say, it's also, it's also kind of an issue on the football, on the football games as well, because the student section is behind the goalposts. And you'd imagine maybe they should scoot the student section uh, towards the middle, where again, it can be seen in cameras. Uh, I don't know why they're towards the end zones where, yeah, it fills up. And I guess you get a great, camera shot whenever they have to kick field goals and extra points, but for the majority of the game, that's not the focus. Which, again, shows the thought process of where our alma mater, the three of us and, and Will from the Ohio State, big-time athletics, what they've been thinking all this time. And I've, I've said these things, I've spoken about these things for years. I stepped on toes over there for years, some of those folks won't return my calls anymore. Oh, well, but there were issues years ago, and there's still issues. So don't be mad at me for still bringing it up. Fix it. Make it better. Because, and here's your comment again, 
His thought is that he always wants to make sure the donors get on TV. The donors don't show up. <laughs> the donors, yeah, exactly. The donors aren't even in the seats to be seen. <laughs> so that kind of defeats that purpose. But again, we implore you, do better. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. This, I don't know if we've told Will this story, but even this season, during the, the men's basketball season, we had one of the SIDs have to send an email because, like you said, at Fertitta Center, they don't have, they didn't plan for a media room. So the interview room where Kelvin Sampson and, and players talk, it's literally what you say, Chris, it used to be a, it was designed as a closet or a storage closet. It, it wasn't supposed to be a media room. So they have, tables tables that are supposed to be for the camera section people that are editing their cameras in the back and of course when people are closing their bags they want to get out of Fertitta Center as soon as possible that makes a lot of noise and there were a couple of times where Kelvin Sampson one of the players are mid-sentence trying to, to give their answers to one of the questions and you have all this noise of people opening the doors closing getting out and that that's it's all a reflection yeah it's it's not the room is not set up for post-game interviews. It's a combo eating area, uh, tables for the camera, the videographer, video cameras, the TV cameras, and then, oh, by the way, let's have a place, a table with a little bit of rising for the coach and the players to come in and talk to us. All in one room. Wow. Okay? That, that, that's how it is. We had... The room was bigger when it was Hall Finds, but it was still combo food and drink area. <laughs> you know, at halftime, it was, it was pregame at halftime, it was set up for people to eat and drink in there, but the room was much bigger. And now it's nothing. And now it's, it's like a third of that. So this, this whole thing, and I love my school, but because I love my school, I'm going to continue pushing my school to do better. We're talking about all these things. Oh wow! But do better. You're talking about the the football draft. We're gonna put these okay. kids a lot. Yep. And he knows because he's at Texans games working for the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he knows about all this that he's talking about. And he's an alum. You've an alum. So it's not like we don't have people who know what they're talking about on this show. But again. U of H folks don't want to talk to us who experience it every game, who could help fix it, have ideas about fixing it. They, don't, they turn a deaf ear to us. So Willie Gibson, Andy Yanez, James Mueller, you know what I've decided to do is bring it up right here on this platform and continue to do so. I'll continue doing it until U of H does better. But here we go with a comment. Here, I don't know if that Jarris Walker being a five-star, and I think now he's like ninth in the country in some rankings, if his presence on the team will get those suits in those gray seats. I doubt it, which is kind of strange because you would think some of those folks would want to be seen on TV. You would think. Did you say this, the seats were gray? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. They're gray yeah. seats. Yeah, gray seats. What yeah. what are what are the school colors? <laughs> uh, red, no, white, and blue. Yeah, it's red the gray white. seats, but with red lettering. I think U of H. The U H logo is the, yeah. It's is meant to make the U H logo pop out. Yeah, I'd imagine. But more, it makes it 
pop out when it's empty. So it looks even worse. <laughs> it looks more egregious when it seats empty. So, okay. yeah. Will, tune in if you got time on Saturday afternoon, ABC, U of H Memphis. Just look. You'll see oh, the great seats. Yeah, just oh, look for it. Okay. Chris, can I add? Go ahead, James. Yes, you sure can. I was going to go back to your point about Jerace Walker. Um, I think it goes back to a point we talked about during football season. People are more coming to see the opponent rather than Houston team yes. itself. And so while there will be excitement and people, there will be people occasionally come to watch him play, I don't think – I'm with you. I don't think there will be a huge difference. And see, and that's the issue. I've lived this for going on, let's see, 90 since 90, since I was at U of H, walking on campus, walking around campus, going to the games. It's still then it was the opponent. Let's come go see the opponent. Now, let's go see, let's go see the opponent. Pick a sport. Baseball, football, basketball. More and more, too many U of H people wait to relatively the opponent. Than U of H. With with all due respect, which probably you know that's cold from probably about to disrespect right. what I'm about to say. But with all due respect, I'm probably gonna watch the game Saturday now for the great seats. And I want to see Penny. <laughs> and that's fine. That's and that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. And when you do watch the game, this this it text me. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I sure. Even by halftime, those seats, meaning those seats will still be empty. All right. Will do. And it, and it's funny how we're doing all this. And yet I'm going to say now, and oh, by the way, if any of you have bought those great seats and want to sponsor our show, please do so. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So that's real talking as well. We'll give you we'll give you more. Yeah, the more you sponsor, uh well going back to that Pac twelve article, the more you invest into I guess for us it's our show, the football program, the more you will be able to get more of that inside scoop of your favorite University of Houston athletic department. Very true. And let me put a hold up here. There's one comment yep. there. See? There it goes. That's that's a real comment right there. And this one it's, 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 true, it's true to a point because that's yeah. a, a reflection on fans today in society, you know, because you can, hey, I'll stay home and watch it. Okay. In that case, there needs to be a way for UH athletics to make sure the students, some fans, somebody sits in those seats. Okay. I understand corporations have bought the tickets. Okay. But if you're not going to sit in the seats, please make sure someone sits in those seats. We're not going to know the difference. We just know empty from full. We, we can see that. We can see our seats empty. Don't care if the seat's been paid for by a corporation. It's empty. Yep. The camera placement is, is, you know, a huge issue, which is lack of foresight in design. James, I know you told me you, you may have checked out now. You got you, man. How can folks find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186 and uh, at thedailycougar.com for all my work. I um, appreciate y'all having me on tonight, and I'll see y'all soon. All Thank right, you, James, take care. Thank you, and appreciate that. This, this kind of 
mentality is what U of A needs more of to, to see the Cougs play. Yeah. Football, baseball, basketball, whatever sport. It's not the opponent. You need more of that. And I'm, I am glad to say that any generation and James generation, more of them are more active, more involved in the program. But it doesn't seem like the administration is willing is willing to embrace them and their for their support. They're what's still the clinging incentive? to the older head dollars. Where they, I mean, Will? That's what I said. What's the incentive for them to embrace them? Exactly. Which goes back to our one of our issues all this time. You just got you got to figure it out. Got to do got to do better. And I'll continue beating that drum. Got to do better. Got to reach out. You know, I'm not sure if I sent it to you, Will, but just bring it up real quick. I know I sent it to Andy about Clemson Plus. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, after this, we're going to talk about U of H's, U of H's SMU last night. But Clemson Plus, their athletic program, Clemson Plus is uh, basically about 26,000 donors, Clemson donors. Clemson Plus is Clemson is going to do in-house programming, original content to stream for those donors to watch, get inside information, you know, exclusive shows, programming, podcasts, interviews, all those things available to people who sign up for Clemson Plus. And the current numbers, like I said, roughly 26,000 folks are part of that. How? There's no way in the world. 26,000 U of H people will sign up for U of H plus. That's just, that's just reality. That's what can the program... You say, can you say that number again, Chris? 26,000. They're struggling to have 26,000 attendance to one single football game. Yes. That's fact. You know, we're talking about Houston versus everybody, and that is legit. I'm going to talk about that just a second as well from a national perspective. But when we don't even support our own, it's kind of it's kind of hypocritical for us to toss rocks back at folks when we ourselves don't support the program. Man. Go ahead, this, Will. No, this is enlightening for me because we, I guess, <laughs> what is the term? First world problems because going back to football season here, People were up in arms. Um, I think it was Tulsa. Tulsa, um, we had 77,000 in the horseshoe for the Tulsa game. And people went ballistic, lost their minds. 77,000. Mind you, the week before against Oregon, it was uh, 110,000. So to have 33,000 less. For Tulsa, which, with all due respect, it was Tulsa. Right. But people went off. 77,000, what you just said about the great seats. Give your tickets away. Don't let these seats sit empty. And that was at 77,000 in the horseshoe. So, yes. you know, in a create a program, establish a program. If those corporate folks are not don't want to, unwilling, unable to sit in those seats, give them to a school. 
give them to a community center. Utilize those seats. Now that's a one-off for here. I just use that, but yeah, and that's a one. Well, again, that seventy-seven thousand would probably take four, three, maybe four UBA home football games to get seventy-seven thousand. Wow, might not get less than hundred thousand dollars <laughs> towards the end of the season. Which is why I say again, I want my alma mater to do better. But Will has made a great point. What incentive are they providing, offering their alums, especially the younger alums, the recent alums? They don't connect with Andy's generation. They've lost my generation and really haven't done much to reach out to my generation. And yet they believe they're going to draw 35, 40,000 per game in football once they join the Big 12. And you know, if that does happen, you know why it's going to happen? Because majority of those tickets will be because of Baylor fans, Texas Tech fans, TCU fans, those fans. Won't be because of U of H. Yeah, and, and, and it goes back, I mean, going from a football perspective, I believe the last true sellout that, that U of H had was 2016 against uh, Louisville, correct? That sounds about right. Which, again, at the time, that was the third-ranked team in the country. They're coming to see Lamar Jackson and, and Houston was able to pull off the upset. But since then, they've never been able to reach that again. And and there we are. And all of this is sponsored by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. You want to put a deposit down for about tickets, spending $75, 713 go Cougs, 713-GO-COOGS. Call that number during regular business hours. And Cheap. marketing. That would help. Get, especially at the football games. That would help. And Will's eyes Will. going back in his oh, head. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let, let me do price. this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Because of that price. $10. Struggle to get people to do that. They don't. They do a poor job connecting with the neighborhood. Some folks look down on the neighborhood. That's real talk too. Uh, money still spends. Okay, but you you outprice the market, and then you don't reach, you don't interact with the other market. What was the what is the average price for a UH game? I know the seventy five dollars deposit for season tickets, but what does it cost? Let's say, to, let's, per say, game? let's say twenty five dollars. Mm, it's around there. Yeah, okay. about 40 bucks. Okay, 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 okay. That's, that's football, right, Andy? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got and it. basketball, basketball now because, well, you know, men's basketball, probably the same because of their success. You know, wow. the price probably has risen a little bit because it's a tough ticket. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look at uh, another comment by uh King Jaja, uh, well, I guess we'll read this one first. Uh, I'll pull it up right Yeah, this one? Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of Final Four, and they still haven't been able to get that support. Um, when was it? Uh, against Hofstra. They, they were going to unveil their new Final Four. Um, would it be considered a banner, the new plaque for the Final Four to celebrate last year's achievement? And... I guess since it was Hofstra, like you said, maybe if they they would have started the season in Virginia, there would have been a difference. Yep. 
but there there we are. When an, a lot of bandwagon fans, yes, and many Thank alums, you. many alums are so far away. Okay, you know they went to school at U of H, but now they live in the woodlands. Now they live in Katy. They live they live far away, so it's tougher for them to drive to games, basketball games, because many of those games are during the week. How Football games. I'm sorry. That's one game a week on the weekend. How far are the Woodlands and Katy? Our, okay. some of them, 50 oh, minutes. From, from traffic, downtown? You know, <laughs> traffic yeah. can be 50, okay. 40, about 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Okay, fair enough. Know. Fair enough. But like I said, on the weekends. That's that too. That's not that's an excuse. The, the billboard's comment. <laughs> yeah. Here, here, we, here we go. First with a man here. Can you tell? We have marketing experience. Can you tell? Okay. <laughs> Didn't take advantage of this at all. Next comment, didn't see this at all. Final four billboards all over the city. There was but only if it, one. If it's there football was... related, all over the place. Even that, 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 when talking about final four billboards, I only saw one and it was, um, by the 288-59-45 kind of close to downtown where they had one final four ad billboard that probably stayed on for like two months. Probably less. Uh, help me. Uh, is it because U of H gets such little coverage because it's it's a major league town? You have the Astros, you have the Texans, you have the Rockets, and then oh by the way, U of H is that? I'm, 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 no, is no, that what it is? Fair or? question. And that's excellent. that's part of it. That's an an excuse they've used for years. Okay. Okay. But they have done nothing. To change it, they use it as a crutch, okay. and they don't credential the neighborhood media. And I'm going to use it, the word neighborhood because I'll leave it at that. Fair enough, I got you. Some some audience folks may not understand what I'm talking about, but neighborhood media doesn't get credential. You say you're third ward coups, but you won't do anything in third ward to promote. You won't credential third ward media. And yet you wonder why the crowd base is basically all one color. Okay. And talking about treating all Houston teams like that. I mean, it's a football town. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But with new media, New platforms like this, platform like Pasta and Majama, Apollo Media, Goku's, Kook Fans, all these other media, different types of media. There's more ways to reach your audience than traditional outlets. But, Andy, I'm not going to get y'all in trouble. But as far as no. I know, they don't spend their budget doesn't go to any of this media, the new media. Well, your younger alums spend more time on new media than traditional media. Right. So, and even then, I mean, point out, uh, especially for the past couple of seasons, like they always had designated media seats uh, at, specifically for Fertitta Center and men's basketball game for the local radio stations that never had anyone take those seats. And, uh, you know, the two big ones that come to mind, Sports Talk 790, 
Sports Radio 610. They have their uh, reserve seats and spent the whole season empty. ESPN Radio, mm-hmm. same thing. And uh, even the TV station. The TV station is the only, I mean, occasionally the only TV station that will be there uh, would be Mark Berman from Fox 26 because that dude is everywhere. The KHOU, some of the other local TV outlets, they didn't come until it was time for the conference tournament. Facts. And he's speaking facts. And he's getting comfortable in the skin now, Will. He's growing up. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. But yes, this that's that's fair. But the student section is a problem. Because student section is maybe two sections and then 300 on the floor level and, stu- and two sections in the seats. That's it. Jay, Jay might have hit it right in the head with, with his comment. Yeah, I don't know, intentionally or if he just threw that out there, but the internship program, I mean, just with the communications team. But yeah. And back to Andy's point about the credentials to those local radio stations. Wow. But they won't credential the Houston Defender. No. Okay. They won't credential uh, Kim Davis Talk Sports. They won't credential KYK Radio. Black media. Go ahead and say it. Black media. But they can. They got no problem issuing credentials to 610, 790. Haven't been to a game in years. Unless it's one of the big boys. Again, going back to media, they come to a game to see the opponent. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the, the media outlet, even then, I mean, against Memphis, what would that look for? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see which of the local affiliates will be at Saturday's game. But I guarantee you the radio probably won't have someone there. But we say all that, and we're going to continue saying it until it gets fixed. But last night, I won't dwell on it because, you know, James, I forgot to give James his props because he did say, predict that U of H would lose to SMU of the three games this week at Cincinnati, at SMU, then Saturday against Memphis. I got it wrong. I used to lose to Cincinnati on Sunday. Waxed them. Lost to the Mustangs. Um, Memphis is going to be a problem because it seems like Memphis is getting better, figuring things out. And Houston still has, they're going to have guard depth issues for the rest of the season, possibly. Possibly, never say never about a certain young man in the boot coming back. You know, just saying that. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just putting it out there. So, uh, <clears throat> and this is, that's a point, but right there, no real connection. You should need a connection if you're working at the two sports, to the sports stations in town to cover the Houston. best basketball team in the city. Because the damn strength of the Rockies. Yeah, and, and for two, I mean, 610 spends most of their time talking about the Texans, and 790 spends most of their time talking about the Astros. Pro teams, yes. So that's the issue as well. But yeah, last night, just going to play this clip real quick from Coach Sampson. To, he, his, these comments, in a nutshell, summarize everything about Coach Sampson's feelings about the loss. The sky is not falling. UBA is going to be okay. They're still 20 and 3. They're 9 and 1 in conference. But I got, remember that, after that, I got something for the national media after these comments. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, you know, uh, the, the good thing I have seen that 
um, at other schools I've been at. Um, but we built this program up to the point where you know, we're the biggest game of the year for most of these teams. Um, you know, SMU wins this game tonight. They're, they're back in the uh, bubble hunt, maybe for an NCAA tournament berth. Um, but no matter where we go, had, had we lost to Cincinnati, they would have rushed the court. You know, we play six road games. We're five and one. I'm pretty happy about that. You know, uh, I'm not going to sit around and hang my head and, and pout and complain or point my finger and bitch because we lost our first road game out of six opportunities. I think that's pretty doggone good, especially with this group, given the circumstances that, uh, that we've had to battle this year. But I also know that, uh, we're going to lose. We're probably going to lose again. I mean, it's, it's hard to win a game. You know, uh, look at the Duke Virginia game the other night. Look at Michigan State, Wisconsin. You know, that's why I'm, I'm so proud of this team. I really am. You know, the fact that we're uh, 20 and 3 and uh, we're in first place in the league at, uh, I don't even know what our league record is. You guys help me on that one. What is our conference record? Nine. Um, we're 9 and 1 in the league and 20 and 3 and lost a, a very winnable game uh, with some tough, tough uh, conditions, uh, tough circumstances, but we didn't. So we'll uh, get back to Houston. Uh, tonight and then, uh, tomorrow's Thursday, Friday, and then we got another tough game on, uh, tough game on Saturday. So, uh, it's just the way it is. You know, we're, we're going to be every team in this league's, uh, biggest game. Uh, uh, we've got a uh, bullseye on our back that's not going to go away. But you know what? Uh, I'd rather have a bull, bullseye on my back than not. Will, what are your thoughts on that? He's right. I mean, you know, he, he well, a couple of things he said. One, we built this game up. We built this team up that we're the biggest game on one schedule. They're looking to play us. That's what you want. You want everybody in the in the city that comes to you that night. You know, if I can go, you know, wrestling style Ric Flair. That's you want. That's marketing. You want right everybody to come see you it's all about you and then he said you know we're not in one in the league we know our first row loss we're not gonna cry about that you know it's what mid-february almost and it's your first loss on the road your first loss in conference okay yeah okay you know on to the next one agreed and now i'm going to toss some rocks at some national folks um, I don't, I'm curious as to how <clears throat> U of H is not very good despite, you know, losing two of their top three players. Their backcourt depth is bad. One national pundit in, you know, the polls that each media person, national media does on the other side, they both the national poll for the AP coaches poll, all that kind of stuff. But then they do their own poll for the, for clicks. And he said Uvase didn't beat Temple. They struggled to beat Temple. So that justification, well, he justified, that's his reasons for not having them higher up in, in his ranking. And he had them like around 12 now or something like that, whatever it was. 
the Temple game was Houston's first as a road game. It was their first game without two of the best players, best guards. And the third guard didn't play because he was hurt. So they were out three of their best players. They won by five. So, I, hell, I don't know how many teams could win a game, a road game, for the, and their first game out without, with the injuries. And we have more than five. Who the hell does that? What, so what, now you criticize the teams for not winning by enough despite their shorthanded. Was, was that, was that JR SD? SD. Very good. Okay. So great. You're very astute. Very I astute. thought yeah. so. I, I yeah. thought it was SD, but I yeah. thought, I know you're, I know you and H, JR. So, but yeah, I thought it, that oh, sounded yeah, I'm not a fan like, of JR yeah. either. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, despite him, him giving me a ride back to the airport back in Indy one, one year for mock selection. But yeah. Um, that sounded like SD. I thought I that mean, was him. Seriously. Yeah. And the league has is not great. The league has disappointed overall. Memphis has been dealing with injuries. Memphis is not a veteran team. So you're penalizing teams for not winning by enough despite being shorthanded. And despite Coach Sampson, and he said again last night, he said it a few times in these now 10 games with this current roster, we're not the sixth-ranked team in the country. This team isn't. This team is probably not even a top 10 team. We're a good team, but we're not the ones ranking us sixth. Y'all are. So you, you rank U of H sixth despite them being without two of their best players, but you still throw rocks at them for not winning by enough. Okay. That makes no sense, but you keep doing you. And now some bracketologists and folks from Big 12 and stuff are throwing shade at U of H this week. Why? What yeah, has or, Coach Sampson done this week to, that has woken y'all up to all of a sudden realize that they're not a great team? This team isn't great. Or their number one argument that uh, they haven't been able to win Q1 games on the road. And you look at the three losses that they've had, two of them on the road, one at Alabama, now at SMU, both Q1, on the neutral side game against Wisconsin. And they lost those games by combined. It was combined, all three of those games, five points. By five points. And they're saying that that's reason for UH being overrated. And think about that, okay? Five losses, three losses by five points, okay? U of H beat Q1 opponents. Q1 opponents. U of H destroyed Virginia by 20. Virginia won at Duke. But U of H had the problem. Okay, U of H waxed Oregon. I mean, just waxed them. Waxed, but uh, Butler, Oklahoma State. But the problem is, well, they did only beat Temple by five. <laughs> okay, and 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 folks from Kansas talking about U of H. U of H not even Big Twelve yet, and you're throwing rocks. Well, you know, one bracketologist talking about Andy. Getting back to what he's talking about, the Q1. Well, you know, if U of H is going to struggle, they may not, they'll struggle to get to the top three in the Big 12. They're not in the Big 12. They're in the AAC right now. And they're, the basketball team is doing what the football team never did, could do. Kick butt in the conference and win conference games, win conference championships. Be the best team in the conference. 
yet people are outsiders still trying to hate on them. What the hell? They might lose Saturday to Memphis. Sky won't be falling in. I have them going 14 and 4 in conference. That means they got three more losses coming. That means they'd finish five and three. And still probably win the conference. Yeah. <laughs> this, team, and this team without two of its best players. They have no guard depth. Their guards get in foul trouble. It's a big problem. So I, I don't know what, to, what, I mean, Will, yes, injuries are part of sports. And this is where the next man up mentality is contradictory. Because you say, next man up, next man up, you just do what you got to do, next man up, all those kind of things. If you lose an elite player, most likely that next man up is not going to be an elite player. No question. Yeah, remember what Kelvin, well, my bad, I was going to say, remember what Kelvin Sampson said when they, uh, I can't remember who asked him, but they said, oh, now that Marcus Sasser is out, what's the message to the team? Obviously, of course, you're going to talk about culture. And then Kelvin Sampson says, well, culture doesn't win games. Culture, culture doesn't can't put, go out there and score points. <laughs> yeah. Culture didn't give me 25, man. <laughs> so, like I said, the next man up, it's great. This team, if this team gets to the Sweet 16, it'll be an accomplishment because of what they've had to overcome this season. I'm not tossing this season aside. I'm not giving up on this season, and neither are they. But also, really? the reality is they are without two of their top three players. So they've won games. They probably won some, some games. They probably, you would have thought they would have lost. But they found way. National media is penalizing this team for winning. For finding ways to win. Isn't that the objective? To find ways to win? Yep. Oh, well, you didn't win, you didn't beat Temple by enough. So they didn't beat Temple by enough, then they beat everybody prior to SVU in conference by double digits. Oh, well, then the conference wasn't good enough. Oh, okay, so what the hell is it? So you penalize them for beating Temple by only five, beat everybody else in conference by 15 or more. Well, you know, the conference is not that great this year. Yeah, I can't okay. wait for that AP poll that comes out because they're probably yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop out of the top ten. So and like you said, for the the what was it, twelve, thirteen games that they won in a row and they it seemed like they were capped between six to nine. Like I'm honestly I'm yeah. surprised they were able to get up to six. Yeah. They won twelve in a row and most of those twelve wins were by double digits. And uh, okay, I'm, we're gonna wrap it up soon, but Andy. What's up with Jawan Roberts? He's not getting a lot of playing time. He seems to be struggling with defense. He seems to be confused. He played three minutes last night, four minutes game before, last three games, four minutes, 13, three minutes. That energy spark, they kind of, they could use that. What do you think? Hmm. That's a good question. And, uh, maybe he's just, you got to focus on number one, possibly it's, mental thing, but you have to look where he's in a rotation. He's going to be behind, obviously, of course, Josh Carlton and Fabian White. It seems like Reggie Chaney has been able to build back up into that uh, third big off the bench, especially after what he was able to, to bring to the team last season and during the Final Four run. 
it'd be hard to imagine that J1 Roberts would be able to leapfrog over them, but then also put, you know, put myself in his shoes for a second. It, it's probably got to be tough mentally too, to have, you know, not have a designated role secured like where, okay, I know even if it's like 10 minutes, I have these 10 minutes guaranteed. But like I said, it's also part of being that college athlete where, and it's a sports cliche where you always have to be ready for the next moment because you never know when they'll need you. Uh, but maybe I'm, Unless if it's an injury, which uh, I'm sure Jaywan Roberts, what was his injury at the beginning of the season? He, he, he had a hip something. injury, hip back issue. It could uh, be that too. I mean, you know, yeah, like he took a hard fall against Alabama. King Jaja ha ha, no shade if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. But what did the fans say? And fake fans, you know, I got no problem being on here on Post Talk Sports calling out fake fans. I do it all day. Yeah, I, I have no problem doing it. We'll continue doing it on this platform because this, this is our platform. We can do that. But call, you know, taking shots at Taze Moore for whatever reason, I don't know, because he missed a shot in the, toward the end there. You know, I, I mean, that was a tough shot. I mean, he, what's the phrase that Kelvin Sampson has said a lot after these past two games? They're human. Yeah, go figure that. It, it's amazing to me. And I'll, I'll say this. I saw it on Twitter in a reply to a tweet by a colleague. Uh, I was the one who asked Kelvin Sampson. You know, I put it on my channel, Houston Round Bar Review channel, about what the message was to the team after the loss, because they are 5-1 and one on the road in conference. They are 9-1 in conference. And Coach Sampson said, very sharp uh, response. The sky is never falling with me. I'm not a fan. I'm not the media. What's your question? I asked him that question because I wanted the quote because I wanted him to say to those fake fans, to say to those doomsayers, we're going to be fine. Okay. I've covered Samson, Coach Samson long enough to know that he may give me a, a quick witty response that sounds like he's taking a hit at me, but I'll take it like that. OK, we have that relationship. So I have no problem taking the hit, perceived hit to get the quote. So his whole thing was the sky is not falling. We're going to be fine. We're still a good team. If so, there are some fans out there who are no longer U of H fans because they lost last night at SMU, stay away. Oh, wow. <laughs> stay away. OK, Jeez. if the team lose to Memphis and you and you jump off the ship, stay away. Because we don't, we don't need y'all. Just go away. Be gone. Because if you want to follow a team that's going to win every game, good luck with, with that team, wherever that team is, because I know where it is. But you, you do you. We'll keep doing folks talking sports. Andy Yanez, how can folks find you on the, on the internet? Yeah, on Twitter, that's at Ayanez underscore five, capital A, capital Y, A-N-E-Z underscore five. And like you mentioned, be sure to check out the parts on the JAMA podcast on spotify and apple podcast that's p-a-w-d salama jama and uh, we need to start picking up our podcast it's been a crazy hectic time these last few honestly the last few weeks but um i can say that i'm we're already getting into mid-february it's almost that time of the year again willie gibson how can folks find you thank you sir you can find me on twitter and instagram at will gibson seven and Facebook, uh, Will Knows, Will, Will Knows Facebook page. And, okay, the Rockets 
have made it official. I guess the league has finally approved the trade. So they're going to have a press conference tomorrow to introduce the players and go figure it'd be the same time as Coach Sampson's availability. So I'll do what I do. Just, I'll get uh, in from one way or the other. Go ahead and buy out Dennis Schroeder and send him. Send so, him yeah, Schroeder, Fernando, and, and his freedom. So they made an official press releases out. Look, look for that. So, but yeah, I am Chris Gardner, KG, owner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Been around since 1994. So I've seen a lot in U of H athletics, seen a lot in local sports. Find me on Twitter at, at VHR Review. Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. Our show, Folks Talking Sports, is Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Much, much appreciation to the comments we got from three people, I think, specifically, but they were hot and heavy with the comments, so much, much appreciation yeah. for that. I'll spread Love the it. word. More engagement. So it's good. We appreciate the engagement, the discussion, the information y'all provided because we learned something new as well. So that's part of what this is all about. But to my alma mater. And sponsors. Sponsors as well to the to the corporations, the corporate folks, the great seat people. You want to become a sponsor of this show, this platform, and others like it here in town that cover U of H athletics and other H-Town sports, but right now I'm talking about U of H, please reach out to us because we can reach audience that y'all, I think, ignore. So just keep that in mind. Whew. If we if we had the the fiscal responsibility or the fiscal monetary stuff that we needed, we need to have a goal. Um, one of my goals would be to do a live show with like we mentioned we had a lot of engagement today. I think it'd be awesome to be able to have that that uh I, atmosphere. Uh, we might do that because I do it for less talk Houston Rockets, but honestly, oh that'd be I, awesome. I haven't done it for U of H. Because I'm not sure how many people would show up. Yeah, that's another thing too. I'm, I'm really honest. I'm, I'm not sure if we get a lot of pop interaction. Shoot, you know, we might have to quit. I have a question because I just it just dawned on me. You mentioned the gray seats, the gray seats, the gray seats. Yes. Are not all seats in the arena gray? No. They're mostly red. Mostly like red. Uh, the yeah. usual ones are red. Like so, literally, all the other seats in the arena are red. The usual ones. So it's a so it's a class system. I'm sorry. I, all right. It, Never mind. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's the uh, the wine and cheese section. Yeah, because uh, literally those are the only seats that are not red. They're gray. They're padded. They're yeah. padded seats. Wow. It's the, the money seats. That, yeah, they're money right, seats. The they're nice are, seats. They're padded. It's the money seats. It's the okay. corporate seats. Yeah, they have access to the to the club section right below that That's literally it. walks you straight to the street and also to the tunnel, the same tunnel that the players provide. Yeah, you can you can go to walk to the the, the, the lounge for the food and drink, okay. and it's really adding to it. Uh, going going back to the comment about the media room, the lounge where the corporate people come eat and hobnob, they got the glass, uh, the, the windows. Oh, well, they can look in, well, well, they can look into us while they're eating, and look into us uh, during post game. Well, yeah, the FOPs, I get it, I get they, and they have the amenities here for FOPs, right. friends of the program, uh -huh. is what understood. I understood. Yeah, 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 but I just, I don't know, it just dawned on me like, wait, because 
Got it. Understood. Understood. Again, to those corporate folks, find it in your budget to support folks talking sports because we got big plans going forward. We could do big things going forward with the budget. Okay? I misworded on a previous show. We've done more with less. Will? I would like us to do more with more. Absolutely. So that's the goal for 2022. So as we wrap it up, thank you very much, everybody, for, for chiming in and participating in the conversation, watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We have other platforms that I like to reach. Budget. Other platforms out there. Budget. And Ms. Willie Gibson from the Ohio State University, he brings that that big time program perspective from the ivory tower of a big time program. And no shade because Ohio State, the Ohio State is one of the few programs that make a profit in big time athletics. Lo and behold, wouldn't it be outstanding if in 25 years time, when Andy becomes my age, if U of H got to that level, got to that status, but to know how much work that would have to, that would involve, that, that would take, how much of a change in mentality and work and everything to get to that level, get to that status. But why not start now? A full commitment. A full commitment. Why not start now? Chris Pesman. Okay, it's good for you to talk to the people about getting ready for the Big 12. That's great. When are you going to connect with the people in Third Ward? When are you going to connect with the people in Third Ward Media? When are you going to connect with the students? To, to give them more access to the games, the basketball games. Will, what are, what are your thoughts? And we wrap it up. No, I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I read a comment. I'm just thinking, just, okay, director of corporate partnerships. I mean, I don't know. Do you, I mean, I, I just think of Ohio State. They're former Ohio State football players. So, to me, I thought, what's, what's David Klingler doing? And maybe I'm dating myself. What's Andre Ware doing? I know Andre Ware is in the media, and I know he's doing But David Andre, Klingler. Andre has some interactions with the administration and things of that sort. It's not enough. Okay. Coach Sampson has done a great Shoot. job restoring, rebuilding what was burned down between the alums of, in athletics and administration. It was some dark, dark times before Coach Sampson helped basically build a bridge between the alums and the administration because they really, previous folks, just burned it and just mucked it all up from Akeem on down. Because I'm just thinking, you send a... Will, send a... Will, right here. This right here. Wow. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Never mind what I was about to say then. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fact. And I'm telling you, Coach Sampson has done a great job of connecting with ex-players who hated the school. Fair enough. And some of them have come back because of the work Coach Sampson, Lawrence Sampson, ha- have done to help. But for a while there, man, okay. mud. Fair enough. Yeah, I not, think Hakeem, kind. Hakeem finally made an appearance, and I think that might have been the first appearance I've ever seen Hakeem at Fertina Center since I've been covering him, so, which is like around three years too, similar to James. 
And there's a, there's a reason behind that, too, which I won't say on this show. But they did Akeem wrong. Think about that, Will. That's crazy. Okay? Think about that. One of the greatest players in the history of your school. One of? Yeah, he's in college. He was the Elvin Hayes. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But he, they, they upset him enough that he didn't want to mess with them for a while. Think about that. Yeah. So, but now is the time. Before getting to the Big 12, you want to, you talk about all being a big time program. Gotta do a better job acting like a big time program. And please connect with the media in town, with Andy, with me, the other outlets. Stop focusing on, it's funny. Stop focusing on media who won't, who don't give out any attention. And stop ignoring the media that will give you attention. And with that, everybody be safe. See you next time. Take care. Peace.